The difference between God and man are enormous. God is omniscient. That means he knows everything, but men don't know everything, and they have assumed much instead. God has lived throughout all eternity, but man has only existed for a short time. God knows everything about everything, and nothing escapes his notice. Well, if we ignore what God told us in the Bible, then what we're left with are legends and assumptions and opinions. And, you know, sometimes people use the word scholar or science and assume that their reasoning, dating, and theories must be correct, only to find that some scholar or scientist changes their minds just a few years later. Well, God is not like man. He does not tease or tempt us with fabrication. Numbers 23 verse 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Isaiah 65 verse 16 calls God the God of truth. 2 Timothy 2 verse 15 calls scripture the word of truth. Yes, God declares in Malachi chapter 3 verse 6, I am the Lord, I do not change. Now, God just simply doesn't think the way men think. People trust their judgment, and, and they often find their judgments are faulty. For example, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. Man may think he is doing the right thing, when in fact he is opposing what is right and what is good. You, you recall the Lord's prediction and Peter's response to that, uh, found in Matthew chapter 16, after he made the statement, Jesus made the statement that I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Will you drop down to verse 21? From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and he must be killed and he must be raised on the third day. Well, Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You are not setting your mind on God's interest, but on man's. Now, even though Peter was zealous and he loved the Lord, he was actually opposing the will of God. Now, it's easy to pursue our lives and miss God's truth. Jeremiah, that great prophet of God, saw it in his day, and it is true this very day. In Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23, he said, I know, O Lord, that a man's way is not in himself nor is it in a man who walks to direct his steps. God's thoughts and judgments, however, are true and they are dependable. Isaiah chapter 55 verses 89 says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Man by his own wisdom will never fully know the Lord. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21, For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Now, many people assume that their feelings, the feelings of their hearts, are truer than anything else, but the heart can lead us into great trouble. Again, back in Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 9 and 10 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. You know, people frequently lie to themselves and, and they convince themselves that what they want is what is right. And, you know, the song may well say it can't be wrong when it feels so right, but God may not think that way. Some are so ingrained in their man-made traditions that they assume that these traditions came from God. 
the Pharisees back in Jesus' day when he was walking this earth. They believed that their human traditions were more important than the written word of God. They they thought that following their traditions meant that they were devoted to God, but their human traditions found fault with God. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 8 and 9, speaking to the Pharisees, Jesus says, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they do worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. And he clearly predicted in verse 13 of that same chapter, Matthew 15, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Now some think if the majority believes it, then the majority can't be wrong. But God said in Exodus 23 verse 2, Don't follow a multitude to do evil. My friend, the, the crowd is not always right. Remember Noah against the whole world. Noah was right, but the world was not. Remember Joshua and Caleb, the two spies that came back and said that they should take the land. And then there were the opposing ten cowardly spies and all the weeping Israelites in Numbers chapter 13. Well, Joshua and Caleb stood with God. They stood with the Lord. They did not follow the crowds. Well, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, later on in verse 13 and 14, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. But he go on to say, The gate is small, and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Now the crowds may think that they're doing well, and yet still be going the wrong way. And this is why we must ask, What does the Lord will from us? Well, some people feel that they must please people, so they forget about pleasing the Lord. And Paul, you remember, asked a question in Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Am I striving to please men? If I were still striving to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Well, sadly, many of the Jews chose not to follow Christ because they wanted to please their friends. John chapter 12, verse 42 and 43 says that many of the rulers believed in Jesus, but because of the Pharisees, they were not confessing him, Notice this, for fear that they would be put out of synagogue, for they loved the praise of men rather than the praise of God. You see, they would rather keep their status among the Jews than to enjoy the approval of God. Zeal for God is very important, but not if that zeal arises from misunderstanding. Sincere zeal does not replace God's teaching in the Word of God. The Jews were zealous for their faith, but they rejected Jesus the Christ. Paul said in Romans chapter 10, verses 2 and 3, For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Convictions and zeal and the wrong things will lead you away from righteousness of God, not toward it. You must come to Jesus for those things. Come to Him through His teaching found in the Word of God. You know, some folks think that following their conscience will lead them to do the right thing, but your conscience may be trained in the ways of the world rather than in the teaching of God. You remember the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 23, verse 1, he, he said, Brethren, I have lived my life with a perfectly good conscience before God up to this day. Well, even when Paul was Saul of Tarsus, the persecutor of the church, he thought he was following his conscience in a correct manner. And he said in Acts 22, verse 4 and 5, he said, I persecuted this way. That's, that's talking about the church. I persecuted this way to the death, binding and putting both men and women into prisons, as also the high priest and all the council of elders can testify. From them I also received letters to the brethren and started off for Damascus, 
in order to bring even those who were there to Jerusalem as prisoners to be punished. He thought he was doing what God wanted him to do. He really believed that his conscience was following his conscience, pleasing God Almighty and persecuting the church, but he was sadly mistaken. Some people follow whatever their family believes, never evaluating whether the family is following the truth. The Lord Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 37, that he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. You may love your family, and I hope that you do, but you cannot put them first and still serve the Lord. Your mother and father were wonderful people, but they do not compare with Jesus. Nobody does. Put Jesus first. Just because someone claims to be a prophet doesn't mean that he is God's prophet. There were people who claimed in Jeremiah's day that they had a dream or the Lord said this or that, but the Lord never spoke through them. They just dreamed it up in their own imagination. Jeremiah 23, verse 16 through 18 said, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who are not prophesying you. They are leading you into fertility. They speak a vision of their own imagination, not from the mouth of the Lord. They keep saying to those who despise me, The Lord has said... You will have peace. And, and as for everyone who walks in the stubbornness of his own heart, they say calamity will not come upon you. But who has stood in the counsel of the Lord that he should see and hear his word? Who has given heed to his word and listened? You see, they were dreaming up prophecies rather than really listening to God's true prophets. And we have people who claim to be prophets today who dream up calamities and ideas from their own imagination. Well, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but, but try the spirits, test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. We must test everything by the scriptures. False teachers will always go astray from God's word. You know, some people trust the doctrines of men. 2 John verse 9 through 11 speaks of a false belief about Jesus that people held in the early church. And... It was that they did not believe that Christ came in the flesh. Well, John spoke plainly, Anyone who goes beyond and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. The one who abides in the teaching, he has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house. Do not give him a greeting, for the one who gives him a greeting participates in his evil deeds. People who hold false doctrines about Christ have no place with God the Father. Now, what is true of the teaching about Christ is also true of other matters. You cannot teach a corrupt gospel and not be accursed, according to Galatians chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. You cannot teach a divisive, unscriptural doctrine and stay in fellowship with God, according to Romans 16, verse 17. You cannot teach some man-made creed and expect to please God. When you stop believing what Christ teaches or start substituting your own thinking for the Bible, you stop believing in Christ himself. Now, if you support someone who teaches a false doctrine, you are participating in his evil deeds. Yes, false teaching is an evil deed because it leads people to believe a lie. False teaching is cruel because believing a human fabrication leaves little room for belief in God. We need the gospel truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. You cannot hold fast one passage of scripture and then ignore the others. We need faith to be saved. That's clearly taught in the scripture. But to say faith alone saves that, that saves alone ignores the need for love, ignores the need for repentance and for obedience, which are also necessary to salvation. Paul said in Acts 20, verse 27, I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. 
Many people today think that they can pick and choose what they like and ignore what they dislike, but don't be deceived. We must die to ourselves and to our ways so that we can live for Christ and His ways, and we must lovingly hear His voice and take up our crosses daily to follow Him. The Lord said, Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. So let's be in truth. All spiritual authority resides in Christ Jesus. The Lord Jesus said in Matthew 28:18, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus speaks with final authority. No human counsel can overrule or edit what he says. They cannot vote him out or stand in his place. No one has more authority or power than the Lord Jesus. Jesus has spoken in his written word, and what he has said will stand forever. It'll stand true to the very end of time. Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 35, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe Jesus? Many trust their opinions and experiences above all else. They, they trust these things even above the revealed will of God in the Bible. They believe that if it works, then it must be all right. They forget that what pleases people may not be pleasing to the Lord. In the end, we are all accountable to God. Now, our judgment is often faulty. Our experience is too few to be without flaw, but God's word is flawless and true, and that's why we must simply listen to God's word. And it's God's word that tells us how to become a, a saved child of his. To become a Christian, place your trust in the Lord Jesus and what he teaches. The gospel of Christ has God's power to save, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. And if Jesus died for your sins and, and God raised him from the dead, you can have the hope of salvation. So turn from your sins in repentance. Humble your heart before God. Confess Jesus as the Christ, as the Son of the living God. Be baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Now, when you're baptized as a penitent, confessing believer, God will wash away your sins and make you his child. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Mark 16, verse 16. And when you're baptized, God will give you newness of life and add you to his church. Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4, Acts chapter 2, verse 47. Don't let anything, don't let anything keep you from giving yourself to Christ Jesus. Once you become a Christian, stay faithful as long as you live. Make your commitment for life. Jesus died for you. Why not live for him and serve him faithfully to the very end? Oh, we thank you so much for taking the time to study God's word with us. Hope that the lesson's been beneficial to you and that it's been encouraging to you. And if you have any Bible questions, any any needs that perhaps the Beatty Road Church of Christ can be able to address, please call us 229-435-2193. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time to study God's Word with me today, and I hope that it's a benefit to you. You may recall the rich young ruler found in the scriptures. He, he seemed to have everything going his way. He had youth and money and power. He had connections and respect. Mark chapter 10 verse 21 says that Jesus, looking on this young man, loved him. And the young man asked Jesus, says, What am I lacking? What am I lacking to have eternal life? And Jesus told him, well, you need to sell your possessions, give to the poor, and come follow me. But unfortunately, that young man wouldn't do that, and he went away sorrowful. Well, there's some things that people are still lacking today, and I want to talk about these things just for a few moments. In the first place, some lack knowledge of God. You know, I, I may hear people quote a passage here or there, but they may have little idea of what the passage really means. Uh, some people want to speak out about certain things, but 
few people seem to want to listen to God, which he speaks through his word. You know, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 says, For this reason we must pay closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. We need to focus on the truth which is found in God's word. We need to listen to that teaching. You know, there are many, many churchgoers this day, that is, those that go to services regularly, and still they've stunted their growth when it comes to the Bible. Going to a service and knowing God's word is not the same thing. Now, many will know about popular religion that's out in the world, but, but little about the theology found in God's Word. It reminds me of the passage in Hebrews chapter 5, beginning in verse 11, when the inspired writer is writing to Christians. He says, Though by this time you ought to be teachers, you ought to have grown to the place where you could be teaching others. That's where you ought to be, but you still have, some, you still have a need for somebody to teach you the first principles of God. You're still focused on the milk. You haven't grown to solid food. Some people are simply just lacking a knowledge of God. Something else that people lack is, and because some don't know the Word of God, they, they lack faith in God. If you want to grow your faith in God, the single most important thing you can do is to read your Bible. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, Faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Because people have not heard what God says, they, they just simply cannot develop the strong faith in God and Christ that they need. The Bible tells us many reasons to follow Christ and to put Him first in our lives. Notice John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. Many other signs, many other miracles Jesus performed in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book. But, notice this, these have been written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life in His name. The Lord would say in John chapter 6, verse 63, It is the Spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. My friends, that's, that's why we must read, study, and take to heart the words of Jesus found in the New Testament. Some, some people just they lose their faith by falling away from God, and, and they become hardened by sin. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12 through I believe it's verse 13 warns the Christians to to be careful of the brethren encourage the brethren don't let them be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin you know when our minds stop studying the word of God then it won't be long till we start listening to the worldly pleasures and then we'll just lose sight of God completely and we'll begin to follow the world Paul warned Colossians chapter 1 verse 21 talking to the Christians there he said although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind and engaged in evil deeds yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach now if indeed you continue in the faith established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard which was proclaimed in all creation and under heaven and of which I Paul was made a minister I tell you we we got to hold on to our faith we we must hold fast to our faith A third thing that that some people are lacking because some have little faith they also lack hope in Christ Paul reminds us of our lives before we were a Christian and Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12 it says remember you know sometimes we just need to remember remember that you were at times separate from Christ 
You're a stranger from the commonwealth of Israel, stranger to the covenants of promise. You, you've had no hope and we're without God in the world. Outside of Christ, there simply is no hope of eternal life or an inheritance in the eternal kingdom. Notice what 1 Thessalonians 4.13 tells us. Brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant about those that have fallen asleep, those that have already died in Christ. I don't, I don't want you to be ignorant about their situation. Don't, don't sorrow, notice as you go on, don't sorrow as those who have no hope. He's not saying don't grieve over the, the, the lost loved ones, but don't sorrow like you have no hope. You've got hope in Christ Jesus, that's the point there. In Christ, people have hope for the future. They know that Jesus will one day return from them. You continue on in 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 and 17. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we always be with the Lord. That's what you call hope. Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. We have an inheritance in heaven, Christians. Let us never lose our hope. Something else that some people seem to be lacking, that is a love for God and for other people. And those two things go hand in hand. If you don't love God, you're not going to love his people. If you don't love his people, you're not going to love him. Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 17 that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to the fullness of God. The more we know God, through a study of his word, the more that we know about him, the more we understand how great his love is. First John chapter 4 verse 7 says, Beloved, let us, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Every good thing we have comes from God. James chapter 1 verse 17 and 1 John chapter 4, verse 19 simply says, We love him because he first loved us. I, I would hate to be a person that lacked compassion for others, to be ungrateful, to be apathetic to other people's needs. You know, notice 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. We, we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and in truth. Something else that people seem to be lacking today is virtue that God desires. Notice what Second Peter, beginning chapter 1, verse 5 says, For this reason, add all diligence to your faith, supply virtue to your virtue moral excellence to moral excellence knowledge and knowledge self-control and self-control perseverance and perseverance godliness and godliness brotherly kindness brotherly kindness love for if these qualities are yours and are abounding they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our lord jesus christ for he who lacks these qualities is, is blind and short-sighted they've forgotten the purification from his former sins 
Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this, for in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. Paul reminded Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 verse 19, Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. Paul goes on in verse 22, Flee from useful lusts, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Where is your heart? Is it on the fleshly things or on the spiritual things? You know, people find ways to justify what they want to do. And there were some people in Paul's day, they thought that they had the liberty to do anything. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12 to 13 says, All things are lawful for me, but it also answers that by going on to say, Not all things are profitable. Food is for the stomach, and the stomach is for the food, but God's going to do away with both of them one day. The body is not for fornication. It is for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. You know, many people, they lack peace in their hearts because they realize that they lack moral virtue and they're guilty of sin. And guilt can cause great anxiety and it can simply rob you of your confidence before God. Some people today just seem to be lacking this moral virtue that we desperately need and can find through the study of God's Word and practice of it. In the sixth place, some people just fail to serve God. They lack service to God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, a passage written to Christians says that we are his workmanship created in Christ for good works and we should walk in them. God created us Christians to serve and to do good works. He gave us talents and skills to use for his service. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10 and 11, the Bible says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's varied grace, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to Him being glory and dominion forever and ever. We need to be like the five-talent and the two-talent servants of Matthew chapter 25. They worked hard and they sacrificed, and the Master said to them in Matthew 25 verse 23, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little, I'll set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. We can't be like the one-talent servant who fearfully buried his money. You know, that's, that's what a talent is in the story. It's money. He just returned it to his master. And the master told him in verses 26 to 30, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming should have received what was with my own with interest. So take, the, so take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will, more be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant, the, the slothful servant into outer darkness in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now God does not expect the impossible out of us, but he does expect us to use whatever talents or skills we possess and do it to his glory. My friend, what do you lack? We've been talking about things that people lack today. Well, what, what do you lack? Each of us, myself included, needs to take a close look at ourselves and ask, what am I still lacking? What areas of my life need improvement? It could be one of the things we've mentioned or perhaps something that we've not mentioned. 
Paul urged the Christians at 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, examine yourselves. Examine yourselves. We all need to examine ourselves and do it on a daily basis with that standard that we find in the, the scriptures, God's holy word, that book we call the Bible. Now, if you looked at your heart and you looked at your life, would you see Jesus living there? Would you be willing to pray what David prayed in Psalm 139, verse 23? Search me, O God, know my heart, try me, know my anxious thoughts, and see if there be any hurtful way in me, and lead me in the everlasting way. You know, the fact is that God already knows our hearts, but wouldn't it be enlightening to see what God sees? It'd be like a spiritual MRI that looks far beneath the surface into our inner being. When, when God chose David to be king, he looked upon David's heart to see what kind of man he was. Now, it could be that you're lacking salvation. You might be lacking salvation. Well, what should you do? Well, you need to get right with God. For those who are outside of Christ, you need to become a Christian. You need to enter into Christ where salvation can be found, 2 Timothy 2.10. And how thankful we should be to have the Bible that tells us how this process can be followed and how we can obtain salvation in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only way to the Father, John 14, verse 6, and we can never take him for granted. Now, to be a Christian, one must place his trust in Christ, be penitent of the sins that he has committed, turn his heart to the Lord, confess Jesus as the Christ, the Son of God, and then be baptized so that his sins can be washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. You can find that teaching in John eight twenty four, Acts two thirty eight, Mark sixteen sixteen, Romans chapter six verse four, many other passages teaching the process one must follow to enter into Christ Jesus and have his sins washed away by the blood of Jesus. Now it might be that you are a member of the Lord's church, but you're not right with God. Maybe you, you've wavered in your faith. You you strayed away. Well, why not confess those sins, repent of them, and ask God to forgive you? You know He'll do it. He will forgive you. So I urge you, if you need, do it today. Thank you again for taking the time to study God's Word with me this afternoon. And again, I, I hope it was a benefit to you. If you have any Bible questions and are just searching for Bible answers, please contact the Beatty Road Church of Christ. You can do so at 229-435-2193. Thank you again for your time.